guys. Um, this is the first episode of Outside the Lines. We decided that we wanted to start a podcast here after creating some content for you guys over the years. We've all previously done stuff uh, for Barcelona, Iowa State, and uh, continued on creating Cyclone content on our own once we graduated for Outside the Lines. Uh, the main premise of our podcast is we're going to try and get a lot of uh, player interviews and insights there. And then, you know, maybe touch on some Iowa State stuff and some other segments here and there. But the majority of the podcast here is going to just try and get you guys, um, you know, front and center with some cycling athletes and, and people around the athletic department. Um, I'm on the co-host, Jacob Newton, and I'll let the other two introduce themselves now. Yeah, I'm Mason Magruder. I'm one of the other uh, co-hosts graduated back in 2018 and um yeah pretty much with this podcast we named it outside the lines because we're specifically Iowa State based but we don't really like to limit ourselves to anything so that's kind of why we came up with our name but yeah really excited to produce some episodes for you guys and make some more content this way yeah I'm Liam O'Donnell I'm the producer quote-unquote I I graduated back in 2021 so this year, I guess, this spring. And uh, yeah, excited to join the team. Excited to bring you guys some good content. We got we got a good first interview coming up with Rory Walling. Really excited for you all to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Rory was a really great interview. Super pumped to have him on as our first guest. And yeah, I, I think we're going to try and be doing this maybe bi-weekly or weekly if possible to, uh, you know, just give more content throughout the season, more updates, uh, you know, just kind of as we go. But pretty much this will just be a, another avenue to give you guys content. Feel free to let us know any sort of feedback you guys have for us. Otherwise, you know, enjoy the interview and roll clones. All right, everyone. So uh, first of all, welcome to our first Outside the Lines interview. And I am honored to have with us the first team academic 2020 All Big 12. Honorable mention 2020 All Big 12 with coaches vote. And last but definitely not least, we're going to get to this defensive scout team 2017 player of the year. Cannot exclude that one. But um, Rory, before I let um, Liam ask you his question that he's been burning to ask, I have to ask you, first of all, you're known as the king of East Des Moines. And yeah. I know East High School. So I yep. just kind of want, I want you to enlighten me. Why did you get that crown instead of, you know, being the prince first and, you know, you just jumped directly to the king? Yeah, no, honestly, I'm not exactly sure how it happened, you know. I mean, coming out of the east side, uh, it's pretty awesome to have that recognition, obviously. But, um, you know, I, they always, you know, in the locker room, they always, you know, kind of give me a hard time every now and then from being from the east side or being from Des Moines. And then uh, I started playing well one day, and all of a sudden I heard King of East Des Moines from uh, one of our coaches and uh, just kind of stuck after that. And so it's kind of fun to kind of carry that. All right, if the coach gives you that, then you can certainly wear that. That's fair. Exactly. <laughs> so, Roy, my burning question is, uh, so not a lot of people know, uh, your first name is actually Liam, sick name, sick choice by your parents there, oh. but you go by Rory. Rory. So my question is, uh, what's your beef with the name Liam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is kind of messed up. I, I agree. Um, but uh, when I was born, um uh a lot of people for some reason couldn't say liam they just start calling me lee and then uh all of a sudden my parents were like yeah we're, we're not going with lee that's uh a little bit uh not not what we're looking for so uh, i just started going by rory which uh was kind of messed up so i had a list until i was like in fifth grade but uh you know i just kind of had to stick with it 
Hey, I'm I mean, glad. Yeah. you still reckon you still uh, represent us with with pride. So I respect that. Oh yeah, of course. Irish to the bone. Irish to the bone. Let's go. <laughs> Couldn't you argue that Rory is harder to say than Liam? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. <laughs> like I said, I mean, I had a list, like, and I couldn't say my R's, and there's two R's in a four-letter word, so uh, that didn't help much. But how would you say that with a lisp? Oh man, I, it's W's instead of R's. So you oh, go, what, what we, yeah, it's man. I people say it sometimes, and it's it's a bad habit. But God damn it, yeah, I can barely say it as is, but. I'll keep calling you that. I want to start. How weird was it playing football not in front of fans last year? Was that just like, like you've never done that before, probably for so long? Like, we probably, and that's even, you get parents saying stuff like, just can you explain that as an athlete, like how different that is? No doubt. No doubt. Like you said, I mean, I think the smallest crowd before last season, you know, and there's a giant stadium. So even, you have all your parents there really and that's about it but it's such a big stadium it doesn't even feel like they're really there um but like even like peewee ball you had like you know 50 some parents there but it's a tiny stand so it looks like it's packed um but no it, it was really weird um you know a lot of people you know want to play division one football and because you get a run in a run out in front of sixty thousand people and um and so to have that you know not be the case you know the uh, it changes the whole momentum of the game. You have to really create your own energy and excitement on the sideline. And it's a lot harder to carry that over throughout the entire game. Um, if, um, you know, there's not fans there because, you know, they're doing all their chants and cheers and even out of weight games when they do their stuff. Um, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of fun still. You, you still got to hear it and you get to hear them boo you, which I think is awesome. It's one of my favorite parts. And so, um, you, you didn't get any of that. So, um, you know, it, it was it was a bummer, but um, you know, we we, fig- we figured out a way through it. Yeah. Hey, Rory, you said you'd never played in front of no fans before. You play at Kansas every single year. What's <laughs> that's up? fair. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, my right. parents. So you had yeah. some practice. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. I mean, I, <laughs> at least my parents would come, and like, other than that, they're just like paying people to take those tickets. So I mean. <laughs> Honestly, Fair enough. Fair enough. in regards to the momentum, though, one thing that I've seen with your play style, well, first of all, just to recap everyone who's not entirely familiar with Rory, he's, he's known as the living legend on special teams. Again, special teams guy uh, in 2017 has kind of just upheld that reputation. But what's like even more important about it is how quickly special teams in particular can just totally change momentum in games. Like, yeah. You know, I, I, we've been Iowa State fans our entire life. I right. have seen Iowa State teams with bad special teams. And as a matter of fact, I, I couldn't tell you which team it was. It, it was probably within the past five years, it was one of our better teams. And frequently, like, we would have, like, a, a special teams disruption, and it would really just be a harder hole to dig ourselves out of. But, you know, there have been a plethora of plays that you've had. And the one I specifically remember where it just absolutely changed the course of the game. I honestly don't think we would have won this game if it weren't for you was when we played Texas and you mm. sniffed out the fake punt. And I don't know right. if you remember, but the very next play, Brock Birdie took it, and I think he threw it for 35 yards to Kolar and right. scored. And so without that, they could be looking at a first down situation, looking to tie the game up. 
But instead, we have great field position. One play later, we're in like the red zone, I believe. And that literally wouldn't have happened if it weren't for you sniffing out that play. So I guess a couple, you know, multiple questions in one there is, you know, how, how much do you value that momentum swing that special teams brings? And really, how have you just kind of embraced like being like the special teams legend, which is a really cool title to have, first of all. Right. Well, I, I appreciate those. I appreciate those words. But I mean, I think I think the one thing that um, that I always take a step back and really think about um, is on special teams. It's that it's the one phase of the game where you can get guys from offense and defense on the same field at the exact same time. And then you just got to make it work. And, and I think that's really important to realize because, you know, I, I actually I came to Iowa State as a linebacker. And so I was a linebacker for a year and a half. I uh, came in with Jake and Orion. So I mean, pretty good company there. Um, and and then I got moved to running back. And so I played on both sides of the ball. Uh, and now what I get to do on special teams is I get to play with defensive players and offensive players at the same time. And we're just all in unison. So, you know, everyone on the sideline, you know, offense or defense, you know, you're watching. And because one of your boys is, I mean, probably out there. And so I think that that, that has to do a really big part with, you know, how that momentum can, can get tied into the entire game. Um, because, you know, there, there's 30, 35 special team plays a game, which, you know, isn't a whole bunch. It's, it's not a third of the game, like a lot of people say it is, but those, but all of those plays, um, you know, are transfer of possessions, you know, I mean, it's, it's a kickoff or it's a punt, you know, and so you're either receiving it or kicking it obviously. And so, um, whenever there's a transition of possession, it, I mean, it's a huge deal. I mean, cause it's either you retain the ball or you give it up and there, there's really, there's no in between on that, uh, on that fact. And so, um, so I think that's one thing that makes special teams really fun um, is, is that ability to, you know, really make a difference. And, you know, I'm at running back right now and uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm going to, you know, beat Brees out for a job. I mean, love him to death. Like he's a really good player. But, you know, where I found I could make a difference was on special teams. And and when I got that first opportunity, you know, I just tried to run with it. And and then everything else kind of fell into place after that. And so, um, you know, any opportunity to get on the field was awesome for me because that's all I wanted to do. And and then to have the opportunity to, you know, make um, big changes in the game, you know, ha has just been a blessing on top of that, really. And so um, so I think that's. You know, that's that special teams as a whole, though. Man, before, before I let Newt ask his next one, I just I, I'm burning. Is there any chance we're going to see returning any sort of kicks? Man, I, <laughs> you know, um, I, I had one kick return last year on a squib kick. And, okay. um, you know, that was the Put first all time the way I back. had the ball. I want yeah. to see you catching all those. <laughs> you know what? I, I would love to. I might I might have to talk to coach about that, you know, maybe just like sneak me in one play. But, um, you know, I, I, I haven't really ran the ball in a game besides that one return since I played quarterback in high school. So, um, you know, I would love to get the ball, but um, I also uh, love to block, you know, which a lot of people don't. But um, I know we got some real talented guys back there that, you know, they, they got wheels, you know, and so it's fun to watch them and, and watch them play. So. Mm -hmm. So I've been seeing pictures of the new facility lately. 
I just want to know like how fucking cool is that thing? Because oh, like, I saw the Pollard tour and stuff, and like you guys just are set up. Yeah, no, nah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, uh, you know, it was it, it got done later than it was supposed to, um, and so we were all real anxious to get in there, and and we didn't have a locker room for the entire spring. Like we we had cardboard boxes in the indoor that we were just like changing and like going to practice. And it was like, dude, what are we doing? Like we're a D1 program or our locker is a cardboard box. And so, so then when we got into the locker room first, cause that was the first thing that opened for us, we were just like, Josh, I mean, it, it, they're gorgeous. I mean, they're big, um, big lockers, you know, it's like they're like, mil- like each screen's like a million dollars and like the like players lounge in the middle there. And like, it's nuts. And then, we just started eating in the cafeteria and like, I mean, shoot, that's probably the best restaurant names right now, to be honest with you. Like, besides, uh, but hey, besides seasons, right? Besides seasons. I mean, okay. that, of course. Yeah. No, well, season just isn't open in the summer. So I'm just not used to it, but <laughs> what is open in the summer? That's shitty, man. Uh, honestly, I don't even know if any of it is. Is Udick the only one open? I think it is. Yeah, because that was the only place that we went our freshman summer for lunch. Well, yeah. The MU is underrated as hell, though. Dude, oh, getting yeah, canned out of the MU is where it's at. That's, I'm, I'm talking like the food court, though. Like, size and fries is fucking good. I like the little, like, size sauce they got. That little yeah. Sauce <laughs> that, oh, man. That, that smells good. I don't even know what's in it, but I always got, like, double on, like, the burger. Just, like, uh, it was awesome, so my gosh well okay so there's been a lot of conversation I don't know if there's been a lot of conversation maybe I've just been seeing it a lot but you know you were the utility player in high school as a matter of fact you know one of your accolades was you were an all-state utility player now I grew up playing 4A football in in Iowa so I know that utility pretty much just means you move around I didn't even know what that meant though until I read the newspaper so pretty much they move you around. They can plug and play you anywhere. Um, and one thing that I find super intriguing is just the overall quarterback position. I'm, I was a bad quarterback when I played, but I loved it. And I yeah. know that you did in high school. And so, gosh, like, how was it transfer? Well, I, I'm curious to kind of hear your opinion on quarterback because sometimes they just take the best athlete who can throw and throw them in there and say, hey, you're a quarterback. Some other right. people kind of groom themselves into quarterback their entire life. And that's, again, what I did. I was terrible at it, though, so quickly I moved away from that position. But right. after I was I was like, well, shit, I have all this information about how to play quarterback, and there's right. a lot of it, and what am I going to do with this now? But I know you can definitely use it elsewhere. So, I mean, was it kind of heartbreaking to move from that position, or were you not married to it? And if so, like, how, you're sitting here with all this knowledge of it. Like, what do you do with it, you know? Right. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I think – you know, I really, I played quarterback for one year my entire life, and it was my senior okay. year of high school. Um, our other quarterback um, had gotten hurt. Other than that, I was going to be our starting running back uh, slash go out to the receiver whenever they needed me to. And so uh, our quarterback had gotten hurt. I got the call like the week before our first game, and coach was like, hey, you're going to be you're gonna be our quarterback. I was like, okay. So um, they put me as utility because uh, Devin Moore was um, in my class with Rocky Lombardi and you know, mm-hmm. those two pretty big quarterback names, but um, I, I love the state in rushing and in t- rushing touchdowns. So mm-hmm. I it was like, you know. 20, um, 27 touchdowns. And was that just your senior year? Yeah, that was just my senior year. My yeah. 
yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I we had a we had a really fun offense that we ran. It was kind of like uh, when K State like runs that little power quarterback looking um, looking like deal, and and we just ran it down people's throats. It was awesome. Like, and then um, my running back next to me, like I I don't even know what he placed in the hundred, but he he was like a sub eleven hundred guy, like super fast. And so, and I'm not very fast, honestly. So I just kind of like was more of the bulldozer and so it was a good like little one two but um but you know understanding how to like read defenses um you know it, it sounds weird but having that base understanding of like being able to see safeties roll over and um corners come down and back and linebackers you know see if they're gonna blitz or not in, in a really interesting way um I attribute a lot of that just base knowledge of seeing the movement of players to a lot of my success on special teams. And, and I know that sounds like crazy talk, but, um, but having that knowledge and whereabouts and, you know, accelerated vision of like watching people move pre-snap or uh, watching people move during the snap, uh, like running down on kickoff. There's a lot of different types of blocks that are going on there. And, you know, you can get double team. They could fake a double, like you can get blocked every which way realistically. And then, uh, you know, taking it, taking me back to the uh, uh, fourth down stop against Texas. I mean, seeing all that movement that had happened that play, the play before we were out there and then having the understanding of like, who's off the ball, who's on the ball, who's eligible to catch a pass, like that type of stuff. Um, just basic, like solid football IQ um has really helped carry over um and and all uh, facets of the game really so speaking of texas are you maybe actually get called uh, against texas this year with everything that's going on there oh my gosh i, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yes it, that uh the, both of those games, the Texas and OU game, will be um, that'll be an experience. Um, I I don't know how any of it's going to play out. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they're treated throughout the season. Um, but um, it it would be pretty nice to not be the bottom of the barrel when it comes to calls in general. So um, I mean, kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> My God, we'll, we'll get moved up to eighth in the Big Twelve. Well, just move ahead of those two, but still get screwed uh, versus everyone else. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, K-State's ahead of us somehow, so I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, that's the Bill Snyder. Like, he sold his soul. Oh, just without a Straight doubt. up deal with the devil there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, okay, this is kind of going back to the whole utility, but you played a lot of different positions, and that's not easy to do especially QB and then moving to running back. I think you were an inside linebacker getting recruited out of high school. Um, And then of course, not to mention just special teams, like their positions within, you know, its own unit, like it's a lot of learning and um, it's certainly not easy. That's why it's really impressive when you find people like you and Joel Lanning that can not excel at one position, but multiple. And that's, it's just very hard. And a lot of what I've been seeing is um, honestly, I meant to ask this question later. My brain just curtailed somewhere else because I'm I'm a scatterbrained. But yeah, no pretty much like you know, Michael Jacobson, basketball player for Iowa State, just signed with Seattle as a tight end. And then, you know, I, I think this is hilarious. Kevin Durant was saying that he can play in the NFL as wide receiver, just throw go routes. 
And even Alan Lazard was like, no, that's cap. Like you can't. Yeah. So like, you know, how much of this is actually legitimate? Like how much of it is transferable, especially at such high levels? Like D1 college is already tough enough, let alone, you know, professional sports. Like how much is that actually transferable? Yeah, no, it, it's, um, you know, you, you talk about the jump from high school to college, or even if you get, went middle school to high school, I mean, there, there's a big jump. Just yeah. in age, you know, age and maturity. I mean, I, like, what are you, like 13, 14 as a freshman? I don't know how old you are. And then you could be playing 18-year-olds that are seniors in high school. Well, then you go to, you know, college ball where it's like, you know, 17, 18-year-olds that, you know, could potentially be playing, you know, 23, 24-year-olds. And, you know, just in the body development uh, aspect of all that, it's it's really you know that that's why that, that's what makes you know true freshmen you know such an anomaly and just so impressive is I mean gosh you, you haven't had any any type of um you know training to like have you play at this level and you're you're ready like that that's insane and so um and then you talk about then you go to these grown men in the NFL you know that are obviously uber athletic and freaks of nature and it's like, oh my God, like, and so it's really interesting with the Michael Jacobson thing, because I, I had saw that he, he had, um, you know, tried out with them. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, I honestly I thought it. it was a joke when I first saw it. I, yeah. I, I was no, like, no wow. Credit like, to him. I just didn't believe it, I guess. No, like, I, I mean, like he's from, he's from Waukee, I believe. And like, yeah, I mean, not that I, I hear of everyone in Des Moines or the Des Moines area, but like I hadn't really heard of him as a football player much at all. And so I, I kind of was like taken back. I was like, well, I mean, maybe I don't know. Like and then I saw like a tweet and it said that he had like one catch in high school, which just like blew my mind. I was like, wow. Like so he really didn't play much football at all. You know, and now he's then he got signed. Like, it's, so it's, I mean, pretty cool for him. I mean, like. Mm-hmm. obviously big congrats but I mean it just really uh, was crazy to me you know I mean that's kind of a uh can attest to like you know just hard work and that type of deal there but um you know I, I don't know about you know who'd you say KD like I, I mean that's that's a, <laughs> it, you know it's, it's a big difference you know LeBron I don't know LeBron's LeBron's got the little little uh muscle behind him and I mean he's crazy so um you know, I don't know. I guess anything could happen, but I want to count on that. Fair enough. Katie's like, I don't know. I, I don't think Katie would have an issue. Him with the ball, like he's he's crossing up guards and stuff. Like no no problem. He's seven foot. Like I. I but what if he gets hit once? That, that's what? that's the thing. You got to get hit. <laughs> he's still like, strong, dude. And the people in the NBA are very athletic. Like he's got. Right. They the are. Man is just like long, but it's probably like like lean muscles still like i don't know i i, I don't think i mean the nba is like where the, like the best of the best athletes are too and it's just yeah. i don't know I, I don't think especially katie like i don't know katie like doesn't move like someone who's actually seven foot like yeah i just you know, i just keep thinking if like i don't know like just on like iowa state if sheen came down and hit kd i don't know if katie's getting up to be honest like <laughs> I've, I've been hit by sheen before and uh, I, I can't imagine that KD would take very likely or like that very much. So we're, we're going to have like 30 burner accounts responding to this and be like, Oh, KD could absolutely play. <laughs> yeah. and it's all, we're just trying to get engagement KD. on it. It's KD <laughs> checking outside the lines podcast. From like, 
from his Thunder fan six nine six nine is that yeah, yeah. We're gonna get Katie's burners in yeah, our at, at <laughs> not Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin, if you're listening to this, we don't think you can play in the NFL. So please <laughs> mention us on your actual account and your uh, all your burners. We'll take all, all the burners. <laughs> And, and come on the pod too. We'll have Roy. Yeah, yeah. Come on the pod. We'll uh, we'll have Roy. Actually, we'll Roy will fight you in person. <laughs> if, if we happen to get in contact with KD or any NBA athlete, would you fight them? I mean, <laughs> hey, postseason, postseason. Yeah. Oh, postseason. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Let's go. Fire up. Fire. <laughs> Hey, so so I know Newt. Uh, he he mentioned it a little bit. So the big two obviously huge news uh, stories in college football this year. We have the Big Twelve drama, and then we have all the name, image, and likeness stuff, which we've talked about before. But and when I've seen you've come out with a couple T-shirts, but I just got to know what is your dream sponsorship? Like if you could have any company in the U.S. and Probably towards the beer side. What what company are you picking to sponsor Rory Wallen when you're stepping out there? Yeah, you know, I mean, mountains are blue, obviously. So, <laughs> so pours white all day. I mean, uh, there, there's no doubt about it. And I, and I, don't, I know that will make a lot of people from Iowa mad. I didn't say Bush, but, I mean, the mountains are blue, so. <laughs> really get to go and throw, like, three ma- blue mountains on corner of your jersey like a NASCAR driver. That will really got to going. <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. How many blue mountains do you have in your mini fridge right now in your hotel room? Oh, uh, well, they're all gone now. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna Coach Campbell's burner account that might be listening to this. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so along with the beer tweet, and this is just a this is just an, probably the best celebration in college football. I'm very biased, but. So with Deshaun Hanukkah, your your shotgunning celebration, do you want to – could you tell us a little bit about the story uh, behind that and how it started and, like, if a coach has ever yelled at you for it or they just get after it whenever you do it. So Yeah. Yeah, no, so uh, so it, it first came, came out in that Texas game after I made that play, and it was funny because Deshaun and I, right before the game, I was kind of, you know, I was walking around the locker room, you know, just kind of being me. I mean, just kind of hyping everyone up, whatever it was. And then, um, and Deshaun knows that, I mean, man, I do love my blue mountains. And so, um, so I'm walking around the locker room. He goes, Hey bro, hey, let's just make a handshake, you know, just, just cause I'm all right, cool. So we do a little handshake. Cool. And, uh, and the shotgun behind it, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fairly known, known for that a little bit. And so I was like, all right, cool. We're going to do that. So, so then we, uh, we go out to the game and we go do the celebration and, and, uh, we, um, we hit it and, and I had no idea that, you know, ESPN or whoever like had videotaped it. And I was like, I came back and obviously I had all kinds of like tweets and, and love from, um, from the play itself. And then like, then I saw like the video and and then that video just went everywhere and I was like oh dude that is awesome and so um I don't think Deshaun gets enough love because he's always the one to do it with me but um but man it's it's a lot of fun and and the coaches you know they know me um you know I'm I'm the guy I'm the hype man I'm gonna go out there I'm gonna make sure everyone's doing their job and um and so you know it's kind of just like perfectly in character with uh with that and so they love it 
uh, you know, they give me they give me shit for it every now and then. But I mean, in, in the most loving way a coach can. So uh, it's pretty fun, though. I mean, you can't stop doing it now, right? Like, I no, mean, that's of course not. Yeah. Yeah, so, like locked into that for a while. Have you have you thought yeah. about upgrading to like a keg stand? What do you think? Yep, that was what I was gonna ask. Yep. <laughs> that that that's a that's a nice touch, you know. Honestly, um, you got that you one. Got I don't know if the, I don't know if the John on one leg, uh, Coach Camel on the other. <laughs> <laughs> if I could get a coach to do that without a doubt. I, I mean, I would do that immediately. We'll see if it comes out senior night or something. I mean, I, I, I saw that, and I don't even know if it was before or after, but the first thing I thought of, I'm like, dude, that's that's so Quentin Nelson. I'm a Colts fan. And yeah. when I saw I'm like, that is, that's just awesome. How come more people don't do beer celebrations? So when I saw you did that, I'm like, thank you. That's yeah. why, how, how come we haven't been doing this? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. That's, that's kind of what's gone through our heads. And, um, and uh, Deshaun, he, he's, he's a good consumer of, of the uh, Mountains Are Blue as well, and so – um, so we, we had to have a beer handshake realistically. And so, um, it's funny cause we'll do it after celebrations and then we'll just like randomly in practice, just like shake up and we just do the celebration and <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that is pretty sweet. So that's gosh. Knew you got one. Sure. Um, all right. So I, I feel like it's always polarizing with old people, but I feel like every single like player and especially like people who they recruit, like love the black uniforms. So I just want to get like the, the feel of that. Is that something that like all the old people are wrong? Cause I think they're sick as hell and they're an amazing recruiting tactic, but people are like, we should be much as we are. And so, like yeah, that. you know, it, it was, uh, you know, at, like we warm, I don't remember what the first game we were that warm, but I was like, man, these are, I mean, these are sweet, you know, like this is awesome. And then I, I'm pretty sure it was a night game too. The first time we warm, I was like, dude, this is like one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. Like this is like, these are sweet jerseys. And, uh, and then we just kept wearing them and kept wearing them. And then like you had everyone, like they either absolutely love them or they absolutely hate them. There's like no in between. And so it's like, you know, you either get with the program or you don't. Like, we're wearing these black jerseys because we love them. Like, I, you feel like, you know, I, like, I remember two seasons ago, we wore them. It was, like, around Halloween time. We had black jerseys on with a white helmet. It was, like, one of my favorite combinations of all time because it was kind of like a spooky season type deal. And I was like, dude, these are, like, absolutely amazing. So, I mean, I absolutely love them. I feel like everyone on the team loves them now also, um, you know. But we just we like to have fun with it, and you know, and and as long as it makes the you know people at Iowa a little hot and bothered about it, it makes it that much better. So it is wild how defensive they are about a color that it's almost like they somehow invented the color themselves. Yeah, no, yeah, well they <laughs> did. If you ask them, yeah, no, they they started that in their life. Well, they invented like the Gator Chomp too. I mean, the the Hawk Chomp. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And, exactly. We need to get into more internet altercations with Iowa fans. I mean, it's it's insufferable, but it's kind of funny. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Man. I don't know. It's like getting in the mud. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Once you're in, you can't get out of it. Um, okay, Rory, this is a – I got a big bone to pick with you, if I'm being honest. You're right. listening 5'11", 195 on the roster. Why? But 
Just round up. Go six foot, go 200. Why, yeah. why are you being so precise? What the hell, man? Hey, that's not on me. So I got measured at 5'11 and 3 fourths. And, and I looked at our strength coach. I said, all right, so I'm six foot. He said, nope, you're 5'11. I said, that, that's not how math works. Like, no, over, not at all. It's the 0.5 rule. Like, if you're over, okay, cool, you go up. Like, it's very simple math. And he, he just didn't want to do it. And then, you know, I, I mean, I weighed in at 197 like two days ago. And he was like, yep, so you're 195. I said, that, you're, you're not doing the math correctly again. So, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I thought it was simple math, but I, I mean, he's, he just wasn't, wasn't messing with it. So, when I saw that, I got like, I, I got verbally pissed off. Like, I was by myself and I just, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> because yeah. I, I got, I'm pissed off because I, maybe I have like short man syndrome or whatever, but all of my college friends were like, the average height was 6'3. And all of them like, oh, Mason's short. And I'm like, I'm 5'10". And they were all dead-ass convinced I was 5'9". And so, like, my first two years of college, I'm 5'10", I'm 5'10". I'm then I go to the doctor, and literally, your situation. She's like, all right, measures my height. She's like, okay, 5'9". I'm like, what? What did you say? <laughs> and she's like, you're 5'9". I'm like, am I actually, or what is it? She's like, well, it's 5'9 and 3'4". So I'm like, then what the hell? What are you doing? 5'10". I've been yeah. telling people for the past two years I'm 5'10". I don't know. I think you just tell people you're six foot. No one will say anything. You're good. Yeah. No. But the only people that, 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 you know, give me a little something. If I say I'm six foot, uh, I, I live with Sean Shaw and Charlie Kolar. So, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be like, I'm six foot. And they're like, no, you're not. You're like <laughs> five, five. I'm like, okay, dude, sorry. We can't all be six, six. Like, I don't know. Like, what, what you want me to do like <laughs> Roy you mentioned so you're obviously roommates with Charlie um some pretty controversial news came out with him this summer he eats pasta with his hands uh first of all that's fucked up uh, <laughs> my first question is why are you st still rooming with him and my second question is that is that something you do when you're having like a kumbaya session you know like just stick just, your hands in and just, just scoop out the pasta how did that even happen yeah you know uh we're still with, living with them the lease isn't up yet so uh no nah, i just kidding i love i love him to death he uh he's just an odd cat sometimes you know and so um uh i i, I think the story goes i mean he was he was like second grade and he couldn't find a spoon or a fork at at uh at the lunch table and kid just dug in and fell in love with it ever since so um so he, he just he just he just loves him some, some spaghetti and um, he's not worried about getting his fingers dirty. So, can, can have you tried it? Uh, he he's been trying to get me to try it. Um, you know, and, and we eat spaghetti before every home game. So when you look over and and uh, you know you have this all American tight end just digging in with your hands with his hands. You think, hey, maybe I should do that. And then you think, <laughs> oh, I'm a normal person. I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> it's normal to at least think about it, though. I mean, you know, <laughs> you can't defend them. It's okay. Like, it's, you know, I, I'm not defending it, but like next time I eat spaghetti, I'm probably going to think twice. I don't think I will, but like, I'll think about it, you know. A lot of people at Olive Garden will give you a weird look, but. That too. That too. Hey, hey, if you keep eating that, that could get get you up to the six foot mark. That could have helped him a lot with his growth growing up. So you never know. Maybe, maybe try it before like two or three games, and then strength coach will bump you up a couple inches. Like, holy shit, Roy's six two. Like the picture wow. of Giannis. 
Giannis year one, Giannis year whatever, five. Yeah. Like, how the fuck did he grow five inches? It's like, how is Rory seven, like seven foot now? He's already eating pasta with his hands. It's all in the pasta hands. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. What is one thing you would add to Ames to make it better? You've been there for five years now. You know, what, what's the thing that Ames is missing to like take it from, like, it's already amazing, but uh, somehow even better. Yeah, so being a Des Moines boy and an East Side boy, um, tasty tacos is, is the immediate answer. Um, the, the fact that there's not a tasty tacos in Ames is beyond me. Um, because it would be the most popular restaurant, hands down. Amen. Amen. Like, I, I just don't understand how there's not one. And, like, to the point where I will drive to Ankeny to get Tasty Tacos sometimes just because I miss Tasty Tacos. Uh, and to everyone who hasn't had it, um, you need to drive to Ankeny right now. Like, it, it's, it's ridiculous. So um, that's definitely the number one thing I would add. Liam, new, have you guys had Tasty Tacos? No, I was just going to ask, is that an NIL deal? Because uh, I think you're legally allowed, supposed to say that. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, I am not. I sure. wish. If they gave me but, a call, I, I might do it for free. <laughs> free tacos for a year. Free tacos for your whole senior season. No, I haven't tried it. But now that it's got the ringing endorsement, uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to give it a try. It's I'm good. making me Iowa. Yeah. I'll have to try it when I'm back for the Iowa games. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get some I want to add that. Before Chick-fil-A was there, my I think it opened up my junior year. We would drive to Ankeny to go get Chick-fil-A, like oh, yeah. which so I was like, I was like, I get it. Like I I've done that. So yeah. No, it's it's a necessity. I mean, and and Tasty Tacos is is started on the east side. So I mean, I mean that that just makes it ten times better, but damn. Good, good answer. I honestly I wasn't know where you're going to go with that, but that was as good of an answer as I could have expected. Uh-huh. I was going to say another CVS on Welch, but I, I think that's, yeah. Oh, that's, that's At least I wanted to go to vacation, though. Okay, so Rory, my favorite, well, I, I think it's probably everyone's favorite, aside from the people that don't like cussing maybe, but my favorite Campbell speech was by far and away after uh, you guys beat Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. And in his words... I didn't even know what he said after that. I stopped listening. I don't even know if the video kept recording. Like after that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And that was the most hype I've ever seen, you know, any like any sort of Campbell moment, I guess. But yeah. I'm sure that there's a lot out there that weren't caught on camera. And I I, I don't know, like I don't know if you're even allowed to tell us, but What's the wildest thing Coach Campbell has ever said? Was it in a spiel? Was it in a one-on-one setting? Like, give us something to humanize him a little bit more. <laughs> and, um, you know, Campbell is a passionate guy. And, and you see that every, every time he's on the field, uh, whether that's, you know, we didn't get the call or we did get a call. I mean, whatever it is, um, you know, he's going to show you how he feels about it, which is awesome. And it's a lot of fun to play for a guy um, that's like that. Um, because I think that in a sense does humanize him. Um, I, I think the, the one thing that, you know, you don't see enough of with those, uh, you know, elite college coaches is, is the celebrations. And so, um, you know, one of my favorite, favorite Campbell moments ever was, um, in shoot, that would have been 2018 and the, um, 
Alamo Bowl. And um, and I, I had got thrown in the game. It was, it was my first real game. I had played against Drake the game before. But um, in this game, you know, I just kind of got thrown in because Willie Harvey got ejected. And one thing led to another. And I was running down on kickoff. And, uh, you know, as a walk on, you don't get very many opportunities. And so this was like my big moment. And I ran down, made a solo tackle. And I remember trying to get off the ground as quick as possible because all I wanted to do was just like find Campbell. You know, like I was like, dude, that's he's the one who put me in. I just I just got to go like say like what's up. So I run to the sideline and, you know, usually like a college coach is going to try and keep composure, not jump around and all that type of stuff. But, um, you know, all I remember is him just like jumping on me and giving me like the biggest hug ever. And he just like looked me like he like grabbed my face mask, looked me in the eye. He's he's like, I've always believed in you, and that was it. And I was like, and and I know that's probably not the answer you wanted, but like that no, was that- like, man, this guy like, when you talk about somebody that cares about his players to the core, that's him, you know. And so, um, your success is his, his success because he's been, you know, yes, he's a great football coach, but the way that he believes in us and develops us. Um, it makes it that much more special for him when we actually do get to, you know, um, see our, our dreams, you know, come to reality. And so, uh, you know, that was one of the most touching moments I've ever had with him. And it just really just like made you think like, man, this guy, I mean, he's not a robot, you know, like he's just another guy and he just wants to see his players be successful. And so I think that that's, that's probably the number one moment I could think of. Yeah, dude, that's, that's epic. I mean, especially someone as, as, yeah, I'm going to say as famous as Campbell, just to say, you know, not only has it been in this moment where you've been great, but I've always known that this is who you are and just kind of, you know, knowing that he's been watching you, you know, your entire tenure at Iowa state, it's, it's like, that's not the only moment he's seen from you. He's just glad that that's the moment that, you know, that the fans are seeing of you. So that's awesome. That's, that's so cool. I give me goosebumps. Yeah. Okay, so Rory, it's no secret that the running back core that you've been playing with is insane, to say the least. Um, obviously, you got Demont playing for the Bears right now. Brees is going somewhere. And, I mean, Nwangu literally just got drafted by the Vikings and is apparently already doing well. So I have so many questions in this one question. I, I, I'm yeah. just going to let take it as is. But the, the main one I want to know is – out of all these amazing running backs that you've had the privilege of working with, um, you know, which one has kind of helped you learn the most about the game of football or maybe the running back position, just whether it's from just literally watching them run or just, you know, your personal connection that you've had with them. Cause I mean, I, anyone that's listening to this, please go check out Rory's high school highlights. I know it sounds lame, but they are insane. And this dude is one of the hardest runners I've seen. But on top of that, it shows that you have insanely good football intellect. Like, you're just a football player. And, I mean, a guy like you just knows how to run the ball just because of how natural of a football player you are. But on top of that, you know, who helped you take that extra leap forward? Was it Brees, Nwongu, Johnny Lang? Like, was there anyone in particular that, you know, just really helped, you know, kind of eclipse where you were already at? Right, right. You know, and like you said, you, you had mentioned everybody and, with Johnny and then also uh, a really big name that, you know, he, he was behind the scenes and um, didn't get the love um, that I think he deserves for all of our success 
um, in the entire room for for years was Sheldon Crony. Um, I feel like you're gonna say him. He's he's spectacular. Yeah, and, and you know, um, it's really interesting because every every running back I've played with at Iowa State, um, you know, has taught me something different. You know, um, you know, David, man. He's he is one of the most fascinating runners you, you can ever watch. I mean, he, the way he set up blocks and his cuts and his vision was you know best I've ever seen. I mean, I there's I can't think of another running back that does it like he does uh, in that aspect, you know. And and so um, and and then watching him outside of of football and and the way that he attacks, um, you know, watching film and taking care of his body, you know. I mean, I learned so much from that aspect of just watching him um, uh, be a professional, really like being a professional in college, you know, really dedicating himself that way. Um, so, I mean, so, so for Dave, that, that's definitely, I mean, uh, Kene, Kene and, um, Sheldon, um, you know, Kene is one of my best friends. Uh, Sheldon is one of my best friends. I mean, we, we were really close and, um, and, and their, their football knowledge in general was just amazing, you know, and, and they taught me so much, um, at the college level, you know, um, about, you know, like, like, how do we know they're going to blitz or this is what our read's going to be if this flips. And just because I was young when they were, you know, a year or two older than me. And so they really brought me in and, and taught me the, the entire offense and, um, and what to look for and, and just kind of like certain like notes of, um, of what we should be looking for just to make it easier. Uh, Johnny Lang, uh, we came in together. Uh, in the same class, again, one of my best friends, love him to death. Uh, he's down there at Arkansas State now. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk about the footwork king, that's Johnny Lang. I mean, his feet are ridiculous. Him and I, during our breaks, we'd go and train together, like in sand pits and stuff. Like, I mean, just, just a great dude. And then you talk about Brees, you know, and, um, man, gosh, Brees is just, whew. I mean, he he – he is a football player. You know what I mean? He, he, he's going to run it. He's going to catch it. And if the coach let him, he'd probably throw it too. Um, and so uh, watching how much that, you know, he really just loves the game, but more than that, he loves the people around him as well. And, and that's the same for all the other guys, but you know, right now, currently with Brees, I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome to see him, you know, bring in the young pups and, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm two years older than Brees and, you know, we're super close. And then with Jirel and then uh, Levi Hummel and uh, Blaze Doxon, you know, um, uh, two walk-on running backs, just the way that um, he really tries to bring our group together um, uh, is a lot of fun. So uh, they've all brought something different and I've learned something different from, from each one of them um, that I want to be where I am today without those guys. That's awesome. Thank you for that, man. I feel like Iowa State has a very weird uh, logo history um, over the years, but there's also some pretty sick ones. Uh, is there any logo that you would want to see like, make a comeback or become like the main one? Do you like the just block Iowa State or, or kind of what are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like you could pull 100 Iowa State fans and it's like the most split thing in the world. People love the side, people love the tornado, people love the cyanado. Like, right. Yeah, no, the, the one with the with the sign, the tornado, that's kind of the one I remember growing up, really. And I always thought it was sweet. The, the cyclone had these, like, big arms and stuff. And I was like, dude, that's tight. Like, ah, I don't know why that's so cool. But, like, and then we went to the, yeah. the block. 
was that? The side was jacked. <laughs> he was so jacked. And I'm yeah. like, dude, that's sick. Like, I want arms like that. I don't know why. That's <laughs> awesome. And so, um, so like that, I think that guy was sick. And then the one, I think it was when my dad was in school, but like, it was like a, like kind of like a cursive ish, like cyclone just on the side of the helmet. It's like a very simplistic. Ooh, look. Yeah, that I, was clean. Yeah, dude, I was like, clean. That's, that's like, dude, that's that's sweet. I can't, and I like that. Just very simple. I mean, I I don't mind what we have now, but it, it'd be fun to mix it up every now and then. Check the little bugle one. Uh, what, what was your thoughts on that one? Oh gosh, I remember <laughs> walking into the into the locker room, and I was just like, "You're kidding!" Like I. <laughs> <laughs> and they and they tried really hard to like make it be a thing like really hard and i i was i don't know who came up with this but that's one of the worst things i've ever seen like i, I don't even know i'm glad we only wore that for one game like they put Dude, we, like, was brutal, yeah, we, we did lose yeah oh it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't even remember to be honest i just remember i felt it was, like it's like texas time, on thursday night and it was like I remember that. Yeah. Gosh, I forgot it was that Texas game. Jeez. I, I mean, yeah, it looked good. Play good. Right. So you're all like, well, we're walking around this dumbass bugle on my head. Like you think Seriously. I'm actually tackle today? Like, right. <laughs> right. I, I hope I don't get on the field. So then the ESP doesn't <laughs> just bugle on the side. Like, come on. Oh gosh. Okay, I lied. Last last question. By the way, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Like the time you're giving us is this is awesome. I really appreciate it. But um, okay. BNC is actually sponsoring this show. So my guy Ben Singh, he's he's the man. This is pretty much an, a BNC Fieldhouse type question. Yeah. So there, it's six options. You got six options. You got AJ's patio. AJ's dance floor, AJ's basement, AJ's VIP, and then you have anywhere in Mickey's, whether that's the basement, patio, wherever, or watching sports at BNC Fieldhouse. Like, what? Where are you going to be on a Friday night or Saturday? Just sometime in the weekend. Where's the place you're most likely to find Rory? Yeah, uh, Mickey's patio. Mickey's patio. Ooh, okay. Um, I, 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 uh, I really like Mickey's. It might be the Irish in me. Um, but you know, I, I really enjoy the vibe of that place in general. And, uh, you know, um, uh, the patio, uh, I, I think it's fun. I, I think it gets, gets a little crazy, um, at AJ's patio during the summers. And so it's kind of a, a nice, uh, place to go just on a, on a night that you just want to like kind of chill and hang out with your boys and that type of deal. Uh, the lines aren't usually crazy long for drinks, which I think is sweet. Like that's all, that always helps. And uh, you know, I, it's always it just seems like good vibes in there. So um, yeah, that, that's probably where you'll find me. I I would agree with that answer. Okay, right. Roy, like like Mason said, uh, really appreciate you coming on. That was a good pick with Mickey's patio. Good good memories there, but. Uh, yeah, great having you as the first guest. I wanted to end with a segment. I know you've been looking forward to this. So this is the first segment in Outside the Lines hit interview history. We're going to play a game of avow or disavow. So we're a new podcast, and we want to set our stances straight on some topics. 
And so when you decide we're not even going to debate it, you decided that is going to be our podcast stance permanently. Okay. Permanently. Right. Don't screw us on this, man. Do not screw us on this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Don't no. screw us on this. Don't get well, us we were canceled. trying to get canceled. Well, he's trying to get canceled. So. I, yeah. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if there's something controversial, we'll just blame it on you. But so we're going to go through my <laughs> list of 16 items. Just say avow if you're for it or disavow, and that'll be our permanent stance. Are you ready? Okay. Love it. Okay. All right. So number one is the state of Nebraska. This one hits home for me. Oh, I forgot about that. A vow. A vow? Are you sure? Well, I mean, you're from Nebraska. I can't do my boy like that. Confirmed. Uh, Rory Walling is a Husker transferring the Nebraska <laughs> University. That's uh, going to be tough for our, our following, but all right. <laughs> okay. Um, Mason, you live in Nebraska. I, we didn't have to talk about that. No. See? I don't live in Nebraska. I live in Omaha. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay they're two they're two completely different things two two different <laughs> vibes number two uh roy we got people who wear hawkeye gear on campus a little softball for you completely disavow completely disavow okay oh, yeah okay number number three uh we got coach campbell's speeches and this includes like sunday night you just want like want to go home and sleep and like four hours into coach campbell's speech you're like holy shit you know what's going on about <laughs> I'm gonna vow because okay. I, I uh, because then there's those speeches that that uh, you you just you don't need, you don't know you need and then you like listen to it and you're like okay let's fire up then let's go fire up okay uh, number four I have the SEC <laughs> disavow disavow you were a Bama fan growing up right I, I was a Bama fan growing up but you know. Uh, I'm a cyclone now, so. Okay, good answer, good answer. Yeah. Okay, this this next one, we have uh, Mother's Pub. A vow. <laughs> a vow, Mother's Milk. Great answer. <laughs> Great answer. You can't, can't Great answer. beat it. You can't beat it. Along with the uh, along with the Iowa State party scene, uh, we have Visha coming in at number six, a vow or disavow. A vow. A vow. Good. Fully about, fully about. Yeah, they should be like a bar crawl or something after that. Um, yeah. Number, number, number seven. I have Iowa State swimming. A vow. Okay. A vow. All right. Dude, we're gonna have to start covering swimming now. Yeah, go swimming clones. Good. Or it can be our swimming correspondent. We can, he oh, can give us some up. I I swam for years. I swam my senior year in high school. I'm a good big swimmer. Were you yeah. a good swimmer? Okay, well, that would do it. All right. Quarterback yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and swimmer. What can this guy do? <laughs> um, all right, number number eight, I got Coastal Carolina. Complete disavow. Okay, all right. Good answer. Yeah. No. Good answer. Yeah, who? That's right. Um, <laughs> number number nine, I have keg stands. Avow. Avow. All right. Avow. Good, good. Number wow. ten. This is this is a big one. Uh, Crocs. <laughs> Disavow. I'm a tacos oh, guy. Wow. I'm a tacos guy. Um, I know that's unpopular opinion, but. All right. Well, don't go looking for the Croc sponsorship after that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's out there. Uh, okay. So number eleven. Uh, I have Outlaws Dance Floor. A vow. 
Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, something a little less controversial. Number twelve. I have Donald Trump. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll bleep this one out, Rory. This about. Okay. Yeah. We, we're uh, gonna put a little error screen right now. <laughs> all right. Number th- number thirteen. Fighting burrito. R.I.P. Oh, wow. Before I let you continue, what do you order from there that is okay? Okay. I don't I, I don't remember, but I just remember it got That's why you were valid because you get it when you're too hammered to even notice that it's like ass. <laughs> Wait, wasn't there flying burrito too? Yeah, it's still around. It is Flying's around? Yep. Yep. That's the one that's more up on Welsh, right? Oh, no, no, wait. Oh, wait. I don't know, Rory, do you know? No, there's a flying oh. burrito on Des Moines, I know. Am I going to Google? I'm going to Google that. There's a flying burrito on Des Moines. I don't yeah. know. Right Wasn't by the there... All right, a... that was a segue. Uh, <laughs> number, number 14, I have uh, Boo, sale at Jack, Boo Sales at Jack Trice Hilton. Obviously, you heard about Iowa bringing alcohol in. Yeah, a vow. I, I, it should have been done years ago. Great um, answer. What, what if you have, you know, asshole fans that are, you know, giving you guys penalties because we don't know how to handle ourselves? <laughs> I, I, they can put it on my tab, all the penalties. Good. <laughs> Good answer. Avow that answer. Avow <laughs> that answer. Um, okay, next to Kansas-related, I have Kansas football and Kansas basketball back-to-back. Avow, disavow. Are they a package deal? What do you think? Uh, they're a package deal. Um, disavow. Um, no other words. They don't. There's no other words to be said. <laughs> okay. Good answer. Yeah. Good stadium sales for their football team. Okay. I lied. I have two more. Seventeen and eighteen. Okay. So number seventeen. Mason wrote this one out. I have kidnapping, domesticating, and training the albino squirrel to be a literal Iowa State mascot. Disavow or avow? Avow. <laughs> Okay. I was a little worried where that question was going at first. <laughs> You're kidnapping. It's like, uh. I was like, wow. I, I don't know. Yeah. The uh, thing is, some people are like, oh, you can't train a squirrel to be in a mascot. Screw that. Like, it's a squirrel. What else is it doing? Texas, like, Texas has Devo. The bulldogs yeah. have their little bulldog. Uh, nah, it's a squirrel. We'll, we'll still keep the, the stupid little tornado, but maybe we'll just, like, I don't know, put him in a cute little tornado. I don't know. We could do something cool with him. Awesome. Be awesome. He could run us out on the field. Exactly. Yeah. Probably run faster than everyone there. Or are things faster? Do I just think that they are because they're tiny? I think they're pretty quick. Okay. There you go. Back All right. Um, so, okay. So number eighteen. Uh, disavow or vow. This is the last one. Like I said, Rory, this has been great. Uh, have to do this again soon. We could have done like a four-hour interview, but uh, we appreciate we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, <laughs> Number 18, we have uh, saying roll clones as we close out every interview. Complete avow. I love that. I love that. See, the thing is, Rory, this is our first, you know, we've done, like, like I said, with Barstool, we had done other ones, but this is our first one for outside the line. So we're still trying to find our identity, you know? No, of course. I was like, hey, roll clone sounds pretty fun. Let's ask Rory. And then let's, you know, use his advice and use it as a permanent solution to our episode. So that's what we're going to do now. There you go. No, I love it. I love it. I, I think it's I think it's catchy. I hope it just kind of catches on day to day. Roll clones. I think it's, I think it's it a thing. great to me. Maybe, maybe, some, 
maybe some sorority <laughs> girls could like use it in a tailgate post or something <laughs> like that. I, yeah, I that's, that's how you get everything. That's how you get everything. Lettering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gosh. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else? I think a, a nice roll clones and we're, we're good. Here. Yeah. All right, man. Well, Rory, again, dude, thank you so much for the time you gave us. Well, yeah. I might bother you again, like some other, you know, months from now to see if you want to do this again. <laughs> but, no uh, doubt. I love it. I appreciate it. This is awesome, dude. All right. Well, hey, best of luck this season, man. We're going to be cheering you on. We're going to be, uh, I might get a six jersey just to, uh, just to throw some support your way. But, you know, naturally, man, appreciate everything. And, um, yeah, good luck this season. And, hey, roll clones. Roll hey, clones, roll clones. <laughs> All right, man. Roll clones. Thank yeah. you, Rory. All right, guys. Um, so we're trying to incorporate some segments here on, on outside the lines. And um, one of the ones we're going to try and start off with and, and see if uh, listeners like is what we like to call the human centipede. So as uh, for the people who are not aware of what a human centipede is, um, you can probably Google the movie and figure it out pretty quickly. Um, but basically what we will then be doing in our human centipedes is it, we will pick a topic and then each of us are picking our three least favorite things because it's a human centipede and you obviously don't want to be involved in that. So it's our human centipede of things. Um, and the way it will be structured is, you know, kind of how the human centipede works. You know, the front of it is your like probably your least hated of the three. And then the end is like the middle hated of the three. And then the middle part of the human centipede is your most hated thing. So for our topic for today, we're doing players um, that have faced Iowa State over the years. So our most hated players um, that Iowa State has had to deal with over the years. And we're just going to go around and give our, our front end and middle of the human centipede of our, our you know, most disliked players that Iowa State's had to interact with. So I think Mason's going to start here. And we'll kind of see how it goes here. This is our, our first time doing it as well. So you guys are, are walking through it with us as well. All right. I feel super confident in my human centipede. So at the front of my centipede, and honestly, you'd probably be at the end, but because he now is on the Colts, I don't hate him as much. But Sam Ellinger, I hated the hell out of him at Texas. He was so annoying, just good enough to piss me off. Yeah, so I, I got Sam Ellinger at the front again. He, I moved him up a little bit. I hate him a little bit less than I used to. But Sam Ellinger at my front. Nice, nice. That is one that I was contemplating putting in mind. So that's on my list. Good pick, Mason. <laughs> Start strong. All right, Liam. You wanna you wanna list your front of the centipede here? Yeah. So this guy, obviously, um, in the NFL now, I think he's got to. Uh, He's grown on a lot of Iowa State fans, but at the front of my human centipede, I have Baker Mayfield because everybody fucking hated that guy in college if you were an Oklahoma fan, but we did beat him at home and planted the flag on his turf, so that makes me not hate him as much just because we got that that win there. He, he also acknowledged that the flag plant was deserved, so yeah, front of the centipede, that's a good choice. I would agree. I would agree. That, that is a solid one. All right. Um, for my front of the human centipede, I'm going to put in Adam Woodbury because <laughs> he was just so annoying to watch on the court. His little dinosaur T-Rex arms and just being tall and goofy and really ugly, which is a very uh, 
common theme of Iowa basketball <laughs> players. Um, but yeah, and he was just always so bad. Um, five-star recruit from Iowa and just like never lived up to the hype, which was always kind of nice. But um, yeah, that's, that's going to be my uh, front of the human centipede here. You stole one of mine. I got, I have backups, but that was a really good pick. Also, if, if we're snake drafting, you're up again then, right? Okay. But yeah. We can. All right. All right. Now for the, the end of the, the centipede here. Um, I went with Adam Haleska because I feel like that is one that just uh, really infuriates um, Iowa State uh, fan bases, the fan base specifically because of obviously the whole scenario of him being at Iowa State and transferring to Iowa um, and then still being pretty good at Iowa. So that's, uh, that's exactly where that one's at. Um, and uh, we'll go back to Liam now. Yeah, so – so I'm I'm glad this guy lasted so long, and you're just bringing up uh, dinosaurs. So I'm glad you did because at the end of my uh, human centipede, I know you guys know where I'm going here. I'm going with Perry Ellis. Okay. <laughs> and the real question is with Perry Ellis, why I hate him so much. It's not that he was, you know, he was a good player and everything, but it just made everyone mad. You're like, how the fuck is this guy still playing college basketball? This guy was, was a seventh year and just keep kept coming back. And I would always have no idea when I was like a teenager and be like, wait, that guy played in 2008 and it's 2016. What's going on? So I'm going to go Perry Ellis at my back. Does anyone know if he's in the NBA or is he a, is he a bride? I, I do not believe so. Okay. He's, re- he's in a retirement home. That's the purposes. He's getting <laughs> ARP benefits. I, I, I think he might be in Italy or overseas. Yeah. 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 He's collecting Medicare, Medicaid, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Our tax dollars are sustaining Perry Ellis right now. <laughs> Bastard. Okay. Well, okay. My my human centipede is still kind of intact. Um, and he's at my end, obviously. Is Ryan Spangler. Um, a little bit of Perry Ellis vibes. I feel like he was just at Oklahoma forever. His tattoo just pissed me off. Like, more than anything else. Like, who the hell has a tribal tattoo? I mean, well, a lot of people do, but he can't pull it off. Like, he just doesn't look good in it. And, um, you know, the reason he's not in the middle was because, you know, kind of similar to Ellinger, you know, I kind of have to like him for this. He missed the the wide open layup in the Big 12 tournament. I think it was either in the semifinals or the championship. So that's why he's not in my middle. But, man, he pissed me the hell off. But credit to him for missing that for us. Um, okay, wait, I get to cap off my human centipede then, right? Because of snake draft? Yep, yep. Okay, this is working out perfectly. So, in the middle, I can't believe he lasted this long. Maybe you guys were wanting to put him in the middle, but Aaron Kraft. I don't, I don't have to give any explanation, right? We know why. Very ugly. No doubt. Very ugly. <laughs> and just threw that guy. His feet was on the line. He did not draw a charger. That was bullshit. Yeah, Adam Kraft for obvious reasons. Aaron, Aaron. Kraft. Adam, I'm sorry. Aaron Kraft. Aaron Kraft. All right. Well, so for my middle, I feel honestly blessed that this fell to my middle uh, in the snake draft towards the end. But uh, I don't know how you guys missed him. I got to go with J-Bo in my minute, yeah. middle. Jordan Bohannon. I, I didn't want to um, give him the God. Oh, yeah, God. nobody – I feel bad for even giving him air time right now, but nobody is better uh, than hyping up a 10% shooting night than Jordan Bohannon. Really good player in this year's NCAA tournament. I think he scored uh, zero points in 20 minutes. So 
someone in the comments wants to remake the Tony Snell meme, Tony Snell meme, where it's like 40 minutes played, zero points, zero rebounds, and just put J-Bo on there. I, I'd really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, just a complete waste of space out there on the floor. I will play you J-Bo one-on-one and I won't win, but I'll <laughs> at least score more points than he did in the NCAA tournament. You can at least dunk though. I don't think Bo- J-Bo can dunk. Not that he yeah, has well, to, but still. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Liam, you dunk. <laughs> uh no thanks for thanks for just saying that mason but uh if i if i'm playing an eight foot hoot i'm lethal but <laughs> <laughs> all right well um my middle got uh nabbed there so i'm now scrambling and i was already scrambling before this um oh gosh uh, it's so tough. I I feel like I'm my I mine's all basketball. Was it's it easy to hate, uh, huh? I what? feel like it's easier to hate basketball players. That's true. Um, I, I think I'm gonna go with Aaron White. He like uh, re- he was so frustrating, and he was really good for Iowa. So like, I very much uh, could not stand him because like. I think there's like a level to mine of like, you know, I hated Adam Woodbury is like on here because he's a goofy motherfucker, but like he rarely did like crazy shit against us or yeah. whatever. But like Aaron White literally put up almost 30. And yeah, he was late. Uh, you know, so like it was like, all right, fuck you, dude. And you're also like kind of kicking our ass at times. And I think that's like, it's like slightly respectful, you know, just because like he, he was like the toughest out for him. But he was he was actually really good for Iowa, and I think that's the most frustrating part. I don't like people who are good for Iowa. Um, that, this one was good. also tough. I wanted Jordan Bohan to you because like he's just an absolute clown. Um, but uh, I had to scramble, and I'm gonna go with that. That or the other, the other one I was assigned between was um, the one guy I can't I cannot remember his name, but he uh, was it um tense tensile or whatever the one guy who was like hurt to start the year and then they're like oh he's gonna pencil 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 or something like that you remember him and he like came in for one game for the iowa state game talked a bunch of shit and like got in a slight altercation with the crowd and then went back on the injury list for the rest of the year uh for (laughs) iowa and it was just like really pretty forgettable guy yeah but it was just way annoying what what he did so yeah. Um, I got a couple honorable mentions. Okay. You can go for it. It's, it's kind of similar to Adam Woodbury in a sense that, he, or no, Spangler in a sense, he kind of choked against Iowa State a couple times, but he also balled out against us. Will Greer pissed me off. Um, and then uh, Greg Roberts. I don't know if anyone knows his name, but for those who do, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The dude who threw um, a punch at homeboy David Ro- or David Montgomery. Uh, in the Baylor game. So dude started to brawl, tried to fight the most just best hearted guy on our team and best player. I mean, very easy way to, to hate someone. So Greg Roberts is definitely an honorable mention. Are there any others out there? I know there are. I would love to throw Greg Roberts in mind because I, I, yeah, that's a good one. Um, if you want to swap him for your middle? I'll let it happen if you want. Wow. I, I think Aaron White would really appreciate that. That's true. 
That's true. Um, no, nah, we'll leave it. I, I couldn't come up with it, so I got I got to respect the the original centipede. So, okay, that's a good honorable mention then. Um, who? Oh, the entire Memphis football team, or just so, you, like? Okay, I thought about like there's there's certain ones like I was about to just be like the one referee crew against Iowa State, Texas, when they, like, stopped the goal line fumble oh bullshit. Oh, my Because that was terrible. Or the entire the... referee crew uh, in the Al Lazard K-State end-of-game debacle. I've, I've, like, that, that was infuriating. But we could just do all Big 12 refs the entire time. And we honestly so. might have for another centipede segment because there's going to be there's definitely going to be room for worst i or yeah worst iowa state big 12 ref moments oh my yeah. god yeah we'll we'll save those those two would be in the middle of someone's centipede i would imagine <laughs> gosh all right well new i want to ask you because honestly i have not dove into it too much um specifically because I wanted to kind of get your perspective on everything, but no secret about what's happening with the big 12 and the sec with Texas and Oklahoma transitioning over there, I believe in 2025 for all we know it could be sooner. Um, but yeah, again, I'm, I'm more ignorant to, I'm more ignorant about it than you are. I was wondering, could you fill me in on what's been happening with like the ESPN manipulation or, you know, what the hell that is? Well, okay. So like supposedly one of the rumors that got out there was that ESPN has been sort of pushing for, you know, sort of super conference makeup or, you know, they are obviously in bed with the SEC. They, they run the SEC network, all this kind of stuff. And if they could cut down on conferences and sort of form, make the SEC just, you know, obviously a premier football conference, they would have a lot of, you know, it would do really well for their TV contract, all this kind of stuff. The other thing too, is that ESPN has the CFP and like is all around that and involved in that, which itself is already like really um, sketchy because they get to kind of choose who they want to put in the, the final four um, based on like, yeah. the panel. Um, so a lot of this too, was that, um, you know, the other thing that they were trying to do basically was create and make sure that the Big 12 became unstable by like saying that OU and Texas were going to leave and then hoping that other conferences would jump ship because basically OU and Texas are like contractually obligated to stay in the Big 12 until 2025. And the other big, or the other eight teams in the Big 12 have basically stated like, we're going to stay in the conference till then. Um, and what ESPN was hoping was that like a conference, I believe the AAC was what was brought up, was trying to poach these schools to join so that they'd have some stability and, um, then it would dissolve the big 12 and then OU and Texas could leave hypothetically like, after this year. And then they don't have to worry about a buyout. They don't have to wait till 2025 and, and whatnot. And it would obviously be like the ideal situation for, the SEC and for ESPN. So that was like one of the big things that came out after OU and Texas, like said that they were for sure going to the SEC was sort of like ESPN started to try and like get the big 12 to dissolve in whatever way possible. You know, I still think it's going to probably happen because I think you're going to 
get these programs or institutions that know that they could probably get scooped out by another big conference, they're going to want that stability and they're not going to try and hold out till 2025 just to get a little bit more money or whatever. I think like Kansas to the big 10 is pretty inevitable. Hopefully Iowa state to the big 10 is allowed. I mean, that one's, that one's kind of our only hope that are like a a PAC 12 big, big 12 sort of merger, but the PAC 12 makes the least amount of revenue of all the conferences right now. So that one just like, you know, it's weird because the big 12 makes the third most money. Um, Well, that that was what I was about to ask you. So like my whole thing is, okay, I was going to have an analogy, but I'll save it. But pretty much what I saw, at least on the internet, because that's the best place to get your information, (laughs) um, is everyone after that happened was just so scatterbrained and was just like running around trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do? And in reality, it's like, just calm down. The Big 12 is not going to, or should not, die before the Pac-12, before, you know, these other conferences, you could list them off. I mean, because doesn't it go from like a monetary standpoint, SEC, Big 10, Big 12, and then Pac-12, I believe, whatever. ACC, ACC, then Pac-12, I think. Okay, I wasn't sure if the ACC. But they're was- really close. ACC and Big 12 or Pac-12 are really close. But they're both in like the last time I checked, I think. And like the pandemic obviously messed this up, but I think they were both in like low to mid 20s the big 12 was right around like low to mid 30s big 10 is like low 40s and then sec was like 50s low 50s maybe lower than that but the other thing too with the big 12 is that they're the only ones that allow the programs to keep their third tier rights they're not tied into a network deal which is why like so the Texas, Texas has made the most money of like any of these programs because they have their own network and their yeah. third tier rights. They sell for a ton. And then Oklahoma is really close too. Uh, it's another thing like Kansas basketball is then usually like third with it because their basketball um, gets a premium on their third tier rights as well. But um, yeah. So the, I mean, that was one thing that I thought the big 12 would be able to potentially use to its advantage when like the next sort of, uh GORs came came uh up for expiration. Like you could, you know, tell these schools, especially like maybe in the Pac-12, like, hey, you know, if you're USC or Oregon, UCLA, kind of these bigger programs, like, hey, like you can come here and get more money already. Yeah. And then two, like you can keep your third tier rights, which like you're not going to be sort of dragged down by the schools that make the least amount in third tier, which in the big 12 is Iowa state, but, um, (laughs) other than that, you know, so I don't know. It's, it's, that's kind of where it's at. That was kind of the ESPN smoke is they, they definitely kind of had their hands in it and there's definitely going to be some, I would assume some truth to that because it would, it would make them a lot of money and they wouldn't have to wait till 2025 for their sort of super conference formation. It's just so gross. Cause like, it's so annoying. Well, it's just like you even see with the the CFP, like the CFP the last like couple of years, the ratings and stuff have gone down just because it's like it's the same teams over and over. And people are going to stop watching. Like, it's like yeah, like kind of like gonna... Golden State Warriors run, like people stop watching the NBA because like, well, OK, KD's on the Warriors. We know how this is going to end unless they get injured and Kawhi balls out. But it's it's similar to that. Like people are getting disinterested. They're feeling like their teams don't have a chance, which, you know, they shouldn't feel that way. Like competition should still be as strong as it should, or I don't know, but 
it's just super frustrating because I, I'm hopeful that the big 12 can, you know, just source out a couple teams to come join. Cause we are desirable enough, but at the same time, I don't, I don't know how actually likely that is to happen. The thing is, is like, if we source out, we're not going to make nowhere near the amount of money that we are, are getting, obviously, with OU in Texas. It's going to be like yeah. a substantial drop because they probably bring – I think they said that they brought in over half the revenue to, to the Big 12. So it's <clears> – <throat> that's why yeah. I like – Holy smokes. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they're, they're like that, that big and um, just sort of like – what they draw for TV and that kind of, or like that kind of stuff. But so what are we pulling like a Notre Dame and a, and a Boise and they're not like Notre Dame can go wherever they want. And Boise doesn't do much. They're they're And they're also really bad academically. So, um, well, I, what, what is Notre? Cause they're going to have to join a conference in the next five years. I feel like that's almost inevitable. Like, are they just most likely, you know, looking at the eight or the ACC? Um, is there any sort of noise in Notre Dame? Do we know where they're going or are they just going to try and ride with the non-conference wave as long as they can? They might. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, the ACC is in an interesting spot because they obviously do a lot with the ACC already, but the ACC also doesn't make a ton of money and they're potentially going to get Clemson. And I mean, like, everything's rumors at this point, but supposedly the SEC is trying to get like Clemson and Florida state, um, which I don't know. And Notre Dame also plays hockey in the big 10. So they they do have ties to two of those conferences. Those would be the two most likely ones, obviously. Um, You know, the grass is maybe a little bit greener in the the big 10, just because they do make substantially more money, but, I mean, in a stable Notre Dame and the ACC, they have a lot more history. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have their pick of the litter wherever they kind of want to go. It's just like the only thing that they're going to not like or are going to hold off on is like they have their own TV deal with NBC. So like their games are on NBC no matter what. Um, and that brings them in a lot of money and they would lose something like that by joining a conference. So um Interesting. But stuff. I don't know. I, I think with the, the landscape that's going, it'd be really hard to be independent. I, I think you might see if, if a team could do it, Notre Dame would be one. Um, you might see a couple other teams do it just because of out of sheer, like, you know, we're not going to put ourselves down to like G5 level. We'll try and, you know, figure our way out or whatever type deal. But it's, I don't know. It's, it's looking like it's going to be going to this sort of super conference uh, alignment. Um, right. And which is just really annoying for the, the, you know, the college the football fan, because like, it's yeah. just, we've even just seen over, over time, how it's, it's eroded some of the rivalries and the camaraderie around the game and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's, you know, you get these conferences where these schools have played each other like two times and like, 10 years but they're in the same conference it's just wild um and it makes kind of no sense because how many times has i played ohio state in the past 10 years a handful of times you know it's like the same it's the same thing in the sec it's like i think i saw something where you know it was like i don't know it, it was like 
an East versus West opponent, obviously it's like this team hasn't even, it was like, this team hasn't even played this other team at their place. Like they haven't been there yet. And they've been like, since the conference added people and stuff, and which is just, it's just crazy. Cause like that just, you know, doesn't make sense. That's one nice thing that was like really cool about the big 12 was, you know, you had round robin scheduling and everything. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but okay. you know, that's kind of where it's at hoping for the best with Iowa State. It does help that we are like an AAU accredited university. That's one thing that does matter to the, to the big 10 for the most part and probably to the Pac-12 a bit. Cause they are more like academically, um, you know, that is a priority to them. So we do have that obviously having a, a better football team. It's a lot better that this is happening mm-hmm. now than like, you know, last time expansion happened. Cause yeah. we are, we are obviously uh, a little bit more attractive to these conferences. So, yeah. and I don't think to your ratings are going to slash market size is going to do like as much. It's probably going to be more on, on streaming fan base. Um, academics and just current state of the programs and sort of like revenue that's going into them. And, and I think that's probably one where it does help us. I mean, it's helped that, I mean, if Matt Campbell can get us to a, a stable conference, him and Pollard, like you can start building the statues, like statues yeah. are already like being like, you know, constructed, like blueprints are, are going for them. But if that happens and we say, are able to get into a big 10 or something i'll i'll be the first one to start i'll, I'll start constructing the statue myself if i have to so okay. let's uh let's turn it into a robot kind of like they proposed on the office just instead of a statue we want them to be even cooler just turn it into a robot you know make him an- animatronic what is it an- an- I- i'm not gonna try to animatronic animatronic, animatronic? is it I- is there a mod in it yeah, I think animatronic. animatronic. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. What if you just had like animatronic Matt Campbell that walked around campus? Like, like, think, like imagine, dude, you're going to it's junior year. You're going to take like an OCHEM test or something. Like, you are stressed out. All of a sudden, you get robot Matt Campbell in front of you, and he gives you like an amazing one minute pump up speech, and you just go and you you get a nice like B plus on that that yeah, test. That's you originally get a C and now you're getting a solid B minus baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah. Thanks for enlightening me on that. Uh, speaking of enlightenment, we will have to, you know, just kind of debrief our listeners, mainly our Twitter followers on um, kind of what happened there. So, uh, you know, we, we started out on Twitter three years ago. That was the first media we kind of came out on and uh, you know, really had a lot of fun with it um felt like we were establishing a good brand but uh i don't know how familiar most of you guys are but there's a popular meme called uh everything is better with titanic music so pretty much what you would do is you'd create a, a video and then put an over layer of celine dion's my heart will go on just over the video to kind of make it more triumphant and like they say make it better and so we did that with a couple Iowa State videos. I think like the Oklahoma State win in 2011 and then something else. But we posted the, we posted two videos on it. Um, and again, this was years ago. And we got a notice from Sony Music Entertainment last year on one of them basically saying, hey, you don't own the rights to that song. We need you to take it down. So we got a, we got a copyright notice there. Um, unbeknownst to us at the time. So 
all we did at the time is we just deleted the tweet. We were fine. Um, unbeknownst to us at the time, we had a second video that was still out there. And so just this year, uh, we got another notice and the exact same scenario, the same exact song, the exact same, you know, Sony entertainment. And, uh, unfortunately this time, you know, Twitter has a policy where if you have multiple copyright infringements, then you will be banned. So we've been working a lot with Sony music entertainment, um, as well as their partnering company that does these audits and Twitter, uh, you know, all three of them to just try and a get permission from Sony music entertainment. Cause essentially our account is suspended indefinitely until we get permission to use the song. Now, transparently speaking, we're not going to get permission. We, we know who we are and we know that we're not even going to get in contact with Sony music entertainment, but our plea right now is to just, Hey, can we have permission for two seconds so we can get unblocked on Twitter, regain our account. And uh, then, you know, obviously delete that tweet that was sent years ago. So it is kind of a crappy situation. Um, but unfortunately we are probably going to start from scratch with a new account. And the most annoying thing about all of this is the stupid username, which most of you guys do not care about, but it is just so annoying to me. It's we're now outside the line because we were going to do an underscore with outside the lines and an underscore at the end. Cause whatever, but outside the lines as is, is the exact maximum character account, <laughs> character count that you can have for a username. So yeah, we are now outside the line. It's pretty annoying to me. If it annoys you guys and I apologize, but we're just gonna have to stick with it. We're doing what we can. Um, just unfortunately not looking like we're gonna be able to get it back. So just to, you know, fill you guys all in on what happened with Twitter. That's where we are. Um, please, you know, follow our new account. It'll be the exact same content, in my opinion, even better. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's an unfortunate situation that we're just kind of dealing with right now. But, you know, Matt Campbell said, fall in love with the process. Eventually the process will love you back. So we're falling back in love with this, starting from scratch and, you know, building a new empire on Twitter empire. <laughs> good, uh, good overview there, Mason. Um, Appreciate it. I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty frustrating. Um, but obviously we would appreciate any sort of promotion from from people who are, are listening or follow us on instagram or or whatever um you know so we are we've been trying to do what we can but you know twitter police got to us so what twitter police got to us twitter police mm. got to us um mason you got anything else for the people or are we good to no. wrap up uh, episode one no yeah, we, we got a lot of uh, new things we're working on this year in particular. So bad time with the Twitter suspension, but we do have a lot of new um, interesting content. Hopefully you guys will like it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're really excited just to kick off this football season with some new ideas and uh, some freshness with our brand. So, you know, let us know any sort of feedback you guys have for us. Otherwise, you know, until next time, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys then. But what, what do you have for us before we close out now? Um, you know, I'm just excited. Jack Trice is uh gonna be pump roaring in like three weekends from now. Um, I'll be there four weekends from now. So it's uh it's getting there. It, it's time. It's a lot of roll clones, a lot of screaming, a lot of tailgating, a lot of fun stuff. So can't wait to stumble um, back in the gates of Jack Trice. Very excited. With and, a couple shooters in my pocket. Yep, ready to sneak out at halftime, get a couple beers too, and then yep. sit back in as well. So, oh um, with that though, we'll uh, we'll let you guys, uh, you know, get to it. 
appreciate any any comment review share with whoever you might uh think enjoy uh hearing us talk hearing rory talk that's the most important part of this but uh you know with that uh i'll say uh, a roll clones and we'll get out of here all right roll clones <laughs>